What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there yo welcome to the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet It's where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers Biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the modern the reformation yeah the bar biblical and reform welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne and building right back in here another tuesday super excited as always to be coming through your speakers through your earbuds wherever you listen to the bar we're grateful that you are listening and i love to start the show off by thanking the listeners thank you guys for listening to the bar tuning in to us it's five years and running and i want you to do me a favor take your phone out whatever you listen to the bar on right now and screenshot that player and share it and let people know your favorite podcast is the bar podcast and like i do every tuesday i bring you an awesome guest and uh this is a repeat offender he's joined the elite club of uh <laughs> being on here twice we have on none other than my brother carl truman how you doing today sir I'm doing really well. It's great to see you. Yes, sir. Great to be back on the Bar Podcast, man. Um, I remember the last time we had a really good time, and a lot of people complimented that episode, and and uh, and I saw you had a book coming out, and I was like, man, I got to get them back on for that. Um, so I'm definitely glad to have you, and I'm not going to waste any time. For those that don't know you, Carl, give them a little introduction of yourself. Uh, I teach at Grove City College in Western Pennsylvania, previously taught at Westminster Seminary in Pennsylvania for many years. And as you can tell from my accent, I'm not from the south side of Philly. I'm from uh, the United Kingdom, married to Katrina, lovely Scots lady, uh, two grown up adult sons, one of whom is not married. If anybody out there is looking for a good husband, give me a call. I can put you in touch with a very eligible young man. We'll put his we'll put his phone number in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> he will die if he finds out about the husbands. <laughs> that is awesome, man. That is awesome. Good to hear. Good to have you back, man. And uh man, let's jump in, man. Let's talk about this book. Um, like I mentioned before we started recording, uh Mr. Walt, uh Mark had really high regards to the book and um and uh really excited about it. And and you mentioned something about his book just in case he's listening. Yeah, his new book on suffering uh, is quite superb. It was the best. I think it was the, it's very short, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the first of a number of volumes. It was the best Christian book I think I read last year. Wow. Uh, Mark's a very fine fellow, and, and the book is very, very powerful. Very awesome. powerful. Yes, sir. So 
I might have to send this episode to Mark to make sure he listens. I'm not sure he's a subscriber. So, <laughs> man, so l- let's get into your book. Like I said, Mark had very high regards to it. Um, what's the title? And uh, we'll talk about the, uh, you know, just the direction you took on it. Sure. The, the title is The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Mm. That's a lot. Let's Let's break that down. Come on. <laughs> well, it's it, 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 its origins lie in, in a number of things that came into play in my own life, really. One, I, I'm actually a Reformation guy by background, 16th, 17th century, but late 40s, hitting my early 50s, I pretty much said everything I wanted to say about the Reformation, was looking for another project to work on. I was at the time uh, a part-time pastor of a church and was aware that Questions about sexual identity and the sexual revolution were becoming pastorally very pressing, not just in the church, but in society in general. Um, Gay marriage, transgenderism, these are things that have dominated the headlines over the last five or ten years. And I wanted to write something that would try to set those things in context. So, the the, sort of the the center of the book is the question how does the statement, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body, come to make sense in our culture? Not mm. just for you know, advanced critical theorists at, at university seminars, but intuitively to the ordinary man or woman in the street. That is a sentence now that doesn't raise eyebrows in some mm-hmm. quarters. How we reach the point where that has, has become the case. So that was the the historical conundrum I wanted to address. And in, and in doing so, I, I hope uh, I produced a book that will actually help pastors, lay people, other interested parties think more clearly about the the big shifts in the na- nature of, of selfhood and personhood that have taken place in our society. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, just the, the like you said, the question, how did that become normal, you know, that to somebody to say that, because it is like, you see it everywhere, TV. I mean, I mean, even some cartoons are, are, are you know, uh, illustrating that to children. Um, so what 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 would you say is the pro- progression? And I'm sure you covered it in the book to get us to this point. Mm-hmm. What were some of the, the things that, that kind of got us to this point? Yeah, when you think about the statements, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body, a whole host of things have to have been accepted by society for that to be true. And And probably the most important one is a priority on inner feelings mm. you know if 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 you or i had gone to a doctor 50 years ago and said doctor i think i'm a woman trapped in a man's body the doctor would probably have said to us there's a problem with your mind mm-hmm. we we need we need we need to deal with your psychology it's a problem with your mind right today if you go you're going to be told yeah there's, there's a problem with your body mm. the body's wrong Wow. So what we see in the difference between those two is, is tremendous authority being placed upon inner feelings and inner convictions. Mm. And so I think what, what we need to do in the story of this is to go back and say, well, okay, well, how do we reach a point in society where feelings come to have such authority? And while human beings have always had that inner space, you know, we've always had feelings. You read the yeah. Psalms, they're full, of, they're full of emotions, they're full of inner thoughts the authority to that inner space has really emerged relatively recently in in world history i i start the book with a man called jean-jacques rousseau 18th century genevan philosopher i i could have started earlier but he's a he was a good place to start and he's the guy who really articulates in a very pointed form the idea that the voice of nature inside you is the real you Mm. 
Everything else that comes from society is an attempt to, to squeeze the real you into its mold. And he's the guy who really sets the ball rolling on that. So there's a sense in which you know, transgenderism begins centuries ago with mm -hmm. this shift from, okay, we're going to start putting more authority on inner feelings than on outer reality. Wow. Wow, man, that's, whew, that, that, that's really weighty, man. If you think about, like I said, the, the shift in, in, in where we put the, the authority. Um, and so what, I guess, what would be some of the, the uh, I don't know, like modern ways that you see that it might be accepted, you know, as far as, you know, society, church, what, what, are, what are some of the ways, I guess, some of the direction this feel like it's going? Yeah. Well, interesting enough, I mean, one of the temptations, of course, as a Christian in these situations is to, is to do the Pharisee prayer. You know, <laughs> you know, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other men, right. not like the LGBTQ people over right. there. One of the things I became convinced about in writing the book was that this emphasis on the inner life, it's actually an all, it's something we all buy into to some extent. It's mm. a sense in which we are all complicit uh, in this culture. And when you think about uh, church, a lot of people, you know, what, motiva motiva what motivates them to choose a particular church? Well, might be because that's the church that makes them feel good. You know, if, sure. if I'm in my church and, you know, you come to my church and I'm going to tell you why you're miserable and why your life is miserable, and then you're going to die. Mm -hmm. And I got some guy in the church next to me saying, you know, your best life now, oh, yeah. make every day a Friday, that kind of thing. Not thinking of anyone in particular. Who's going to attract more people? Mm -hmm. Bottom line is... The modern person is somebody whose inner life and psychological happiness that's very important to us. So I would say, first thing in response to, to your question is let's let's first of all acknowledge that that we're all involved in mm -hmm. this in some way. Sure. Some people it manifests itself; they identify themselves with their sexual desires. Some of us manifest it in in terms of other aspects of our our inner life. Uh, secondly, you know, where, where is this going in the church? Well, again, this is where it gets, it gets hard for the church because right. we are so used to, as church people, thinking that the purpose of life is happiness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the temptation to make sure that we, we accommodate ourselves right. to the modern concept of happiness is powerful and overwhelming. And uh, I've mentioned this numerous times to people. It's great to live in a land where there's freedom of religion. I don't want to live in a land where there's no freedom of religion. The flip side of that, of course, is that there are an awful lot of churches. Yes. And church becomes a kind of consumer-driven marketplace. And the pressure on us all to accommodate our message to to meeting the psychological needs of our potential customers mm. is tremendous. So I think the impact of this on the church could be very, very significant. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And as soon as you said that, I thought about, uh, you know, Rick Warren's book that sold millions, you know, purpose driven, you know, it was pretty much seeker friendly um, and just kind of plays into that whole idea of, you know, uh, accommodating people's, you know, self selfishness i guess so you know whatever they want yeah, man so yeah. that that's that's huge so would you say because because I, I just in my mind i just think back to you know i guess earlier time i'm not that old but you know it seems like uh in let's say 60 70s going into 80s people weren't i guess looking to be 
uh, in a place where they have to feel good all the time. I don't know. It just seemed like this modern generation is everything is about feeling good. If that makes sense. Do, do you yeah. notice that? Is that something that you observe as well? Like over time that, that the <sighs> desires are, are being met more instead of, you know, this is what it is, you know, penicillin. Like my mom would like eat this plate. You don't get McDonald's. You get what's on this plate. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That was very much the kind of house that I grew up yeah. in as well. But I, I was the students, just as an aside, the students were asking me recently, you know, was I ever caned at school? You know, we had corporal punishment. <laughs> right. I said, no, but I was lifted up by my ears by a teacher and had my head <laughs> tapped against the ceiling. And students today, I go, oh, you go to prison for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so true. That's uh, so true. Yeah. I do think that... Uh, there's been an acceleration mm. in this in the last 40, 50 years. I, I, th I think the 60s was something of a watershed. Mm -hmm. We saw there the, the, the beginning of the breakdown of all the forms of authority and the emergence of a kind of rebel culture. Mm. And many of the, the people who were the young rebels in those days went on to become establishment figures and yep. to set the the agenda for the present day so i do think the last 40 50 years have seen a, a dramatic change i grew up in a rural part of the united kingdom pretty traditional upbringing uh, so i i didn't witness that firsthand in mm -hmm. my own upbringing but certainly that's the way it seems to have gone uh, it's hard to imagine today that uh you look back to the Second World War and the sacrifices that people were willing to make for their country right. in those days. It's hard to imagine that because the whole idea of sacrificing for one's country is now yeah. sort of bizarre <laughs> because the most important thing is my own happiness. Exactly. It's, it's not my, my country. So, wow. yeah, things have changed dramatically, I think, in the last 40, 50 years. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely totally agree with you on that. So what would be, I guess, the, the, the church, what should be the church's response? What, what should us Christians do about what we're witnessing, what we're seeing? What should be our response to this? A couple of things. I think on, one, on the one hand, knowing what's going on and being aware of it helps mm -hmm. you to, to, to counteract it or compensate in some way. So just being aware of the way modern notions of happiness and modern notions of you know being happy inside affect the way we think. Just being aware of that, I think, helps us to to sort of counteract it in some ways. Right. I think probably the the place where the church is going to feel the biggest pinch, though, is going to be in matters of freedom of religion at this point. Mm -hmm. In that, if if society's uh, imagination is gripped by this idea of psychological happiness, then anything that interferes with the psychological happiness of somebody is going to be seen as a social ill. And unfortunately, the gospel is is predicated <laughs> on interfering with the psychological happiness of fallen people. Yep. Uh, the gospel is not about assuring people that they're okay. The gospel is about telling them, you are not okay, right, right. and you need to to repent and to change. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing in society now is that that message is going to be greeted with increasing hostility, I think. Mm. And, you know, how should the church respond to that? Well, on one level, the only response the church can give is to carry on pretty much doing what she does because the gospel doesn't change. Right. I think we need to be very careful that we're not causing unnecessary offense. There are Christians out there who take a delight in just offending people. We, we shouldn't <laughs> be like that. But I think we need to realize that the days, certainly in the United States, where one could be a good Christian and be a respectable member of broader society, 
they're they're gone. Mm. Being a Christian is going to be an increasingly marginal and an increasingly disliked option, I think, for society at large. No, that that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, um, but like because like you said, the gospel, you know, is nothing about <laughs> the gospel that's make you feel good and you know, uh, and and make you feel excited about something, man. So. That's awesome. Can so, I ask you a question? Sure. Um, I, I mean, is this in, in the African-American community? Are you seeing the same things that I'm <laughs> observing in the, in the sort of you know, the white reformed evangelical world? Yes, sir. So, um, I mean, and it's funny because the 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 perspective or I guess the seeking on what I'm seeing on the African-American side is, you know, when it comes to social issues um, where, you know, the. I'm not being treated right, you know, falls everywhere. Like it, it just blanket, like, you know, this is oppression. This is this, this, you know, that I'm a victim. Um, and, and it's, it's unfortunately is is heavy in the African-American community. Um, you know, there are a few of us that, you know, kind of stand up and say, you know, we're, we're not oppressed, man. We're made an image of God, you know, God is sovereign, things like that. But no, I can see that the same ideology when it comes to, you know, uh, I feel like this, this makes me feel this way is also being used on the African-American side when it comes to, you know, racism, not saying racism don't exist, but the victimhood sure, sure. and, uh, you know, the uh, systemic, you know, ideology and all of those things. I can definitely see a connection in that. So that's a good question. <laughs> Interesting. Well, thanks for being my guest today on yeah, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> good deal, man. So I, I guess kind of to switch gears before we take our quick break, um, just do you have anything else coming, any projects you're working on or, you know, something you can maybe mention? Uh, is there going to be a part two or what, what, what are we thinking? Sure. Well, first of all, I've got a, a short book. Crosswave okay. asked if I would do a, a shorter, simpler version of this book that could be used in churches for, right. you know, I, I wouldn't say for, for, for non-academics, but for people who don't have the time to read. You know, a lot of people are busy. They don't have the time to read 400 <laughs> pages. So I'm working uh, on, a, on a shorter book, and I got a couple of great research assistants at Grove who are putting together some study questions nice. and a glossary and that. So hopefully it'll be the kind of book that could form, you know, people use in a, I wouldn't say it's not a Bible, not a Bible study, but it could be a, could be a reading group at church. And I'm also toying with the idea of doing a book on, uh, the rise of critical theory, not particularly mm. critical race theory, sure. but its origins in in Germany uh, in uh, the 1940s, 1950s, because I think that it would be helpful for people to know where cultural studies, gender studies, critical race theory, where these things emerge from. Right. Uh, not to not to make it a polemic against those things, but just to help clarify lay people's understanding of, of, of exactly what's being claimed. So that's probably my next big project. Okay. Sounds good, man. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, making a book that uh, hit that stuff in the face. Just FYI, for my sake. But, <laughs> but anyway, we're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. 
You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at All right, we're back in here with my good friend Carl, and um, this is he took over my show and started asking me questions. And uh, nah. <laughs> but what we're gonna do on the back end, Carl, is uh, what we call the uh, bar signature questions. You answered these questions before, but I like to keep asking them because they're my signature questions. And they may have changed between the last time. Sounds so the good. first signature bar question is: What kind of music do you listen to? Uh, very eclectic, uh, classical, uh, rock, jazz. I, I've recently been converted to country and western what? as well. I have to confess, <laughs> I've started listening to stuff from the sixties and seventies: Dolly Parton, mm -hmm. Willie Nelson. Uh, so love those stories. Love the stories. So nice, nice, nice. Okay, I I, I have no issues with country music at whatsoever. My issue is with folk music. Everybody listen to the show. I don't do the folk. I don't know what. I don't understand that part. But anyway, next next signature bar question is: What book or books are you currently reading? Um, I'm I as a lot of people in the time of COVID, I've taken the opportunity to read some books that I should have read but never got round to. So I'm I'm reading Dostoevsky's Devils at the moment mm. with an online. I'm involved in an online uh, reading discussion group about it. So mm -hmm. I'm finally reading that. And uh, also reading um, here somewhere, uh, reading a book called uh, Time of the Magicians, which is a story of four 20th century philosophers, Wittgenstein, Heidegger, Walter Benjamin, and uh, Ernst Cassirer. It's a sort of parallel biography of 10 key years in their lives. That's a, just a fun way of getting to grips with some ideas from the, the 20th century. Wow. And I'm, of course, I'm, I'm reading the Bible as yes, well. Yes, sir. That's, that's understood. <laughs> that's understood. I hope so. <laughs> All right, sir. Last signature bar question. What podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? Uh, I've been, got into listening to Liam Golliger's sermons at 10th liam's an old friend from the uk gotcha. uh, but he's doing a series on revelation at the moment so i've got into listening to liam garlic's sermons on revelation cool good deal man well carl man i really appreciate you coming on my show this is always fun to connect with you and um you know i'm gonna tell you mark sent me a copy of his book no pressure you know you know just putting that out there <laughs> do you not have a copy of the book i don't have a copy of the book man <laughs> Send me an email I straight will. after Dwayne. We'll, I will get Crossway to send you one tomorrow. Sounds I'll good. send you one tomorrow. Podcast perks, podcast perks, folks. You should have asked me. All the people asking to become on the podcast have been asking for a copy. You should have uh, okay. asked for a copy. I, I, you know, I try to be modest. You do, you do not have because you do not ask. There you I go. Think, uh, it's, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on again. Um, just, I like to kind of give you the floor to close this out. Any 
words of encouragement, anything uh, you want to share, uh, you got the floor to do that right here. Yeah, two things. I think one, we're living in very polarized times. And I think now more than ever is a time, but it's a time to be forthright, but it's also a time to, to tone down rhetoric mm. and to, you know, I found there can be nothing more disarming than treating a very angry enemy with grace and gentleness. So I, I think it's time for, for Christians to, to use grace and gentleness as mm -hmm. a weapon, if I could put it that way. And secondly, I think there's a, it's a time when a lot of Christians are losing hope because they're losing the cultural Mm -hmm, situation mm -hmm. they're losing the cultural battles and i want to remind people of what paul says you know these things are passing away mm. it's not that they're not important but they are passing away and remember the promises and remember that the key things the key things are the heavenly things they're the things that don't pass away so i'd say to your listeners if you're feeling depressed disillusioned about what's going on at the moment uh Remember the promises and remember that the things that you're depressed about, these are the things that are passing away. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. To the bar listeners, appreciate you guys listening to the bar podcast every Tuesday. You can go to thebarpodcast.com. Pick up some bar gear, go to thebargear.com. And until next time, you guys, God bless. And we are. Here.